0: loading plot points into a shotgun and just like pulling a trigger and just seeing what lands yeah they're they're thinking about going how can we infuriate javier ortiz any more than we already have it sounds like how they made jurassic park (laughs) i'm not infuriated okay wow
1: Welcome back to the What's Our Verdict TV podcast, where we fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co host, Mattson Heiner. Better Red Than Dead. Javier Ortiz. What is up, nerds? And Ian Anderson.
2: Some shit.
1: All right, today we'll be discussing the season finale of Westworld, season three, episode eight, titled Crisis Theory. I think we all definitely understand the name of the the title of the episode there, so we won't go into too much of that, but I'll just open it up. What do you guys think of this episode? Like, spoiler-free? Uh, No, we never do spoiler-free with this one. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. This one, they, they know. Don't come if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, go fucking watch it first and then come back, because
0: we're going to spoil the shit out of this. I think that this was a traditional Westworld episode where it starts out good and then quickly and subtly goes downhill. <laughs> Explain yourself, sir. Maybe subtle isn't the right word. Quickly and, you know, increasing in speed going downhill is what I meant to say. I think the Um, word you're looking for is drastically. Drastically. (laughs) Quickly and drastically goes downhill. Thank you, JJ. You get it. (laughs) Something Uh, like that. I think the first 40 minutes were dope. Like, I'm all for a good riot for, you know, sticking it to the man. Police getting their ass kicked. I'm all for all of that. And then we quickly pivoted away from that to Bernard being an idiot again and Maeve and Dolores fighting again. I'm like, the writers are really scraping the bottom of the barrel because how many times do we have to watch these two fight? And I don't know, there's a weird Halo thing and you were so close with guessing Serac's thing. Oh, dude, so close. I felt like I was close enough that I still said, I was really
1: close to right.
0: <laughs> yeah, you were super close.
1: Yeah, for for a millisecond, I went, I looked at Casey when I fucking got it.
0: And then I was like, ah, almost. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did too. I was like, JJ did it again. <laughs> close
1: to we'll half credit. There half you go. Credit. I'll take half credit. I'll take half credit. What about the other two? What'd you guys think?
2: Um, I'll be honest, since we can be completely spoiler, the, my favorite part was the end credits scene. And it, at once that happened, I forgot the rest of the episode. No, when the man in black fought himself, oh yeah, <laughs> kicked his own. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you kind of got to see, I don't know. I feel like they didn't know what they were doing with his, I'm going to save the world routine. So they just killed him off and replaced him so that they could keep the actor and, put him back in a villain where he does really well
1: at. I completely agree, and I think that's exactly what they did. They were like, what are we, where the fuck do we go with this guy now? So let's kill him and go back
3: to him being an asshole. All right. That seemed very convenient. Um, <laughs> what were my thoughts? One of the parts, again, I seem to always be annoyed by this. When Dolores is fighting all these bad guys, especially the scene where they're on that like walkway bridge and there's like, what, eight dudes? And somehow she is like, just superhuman and takes all of them out and doesn't get a bullet wound anywhere. And these are supposed to probably be highly trained soldiers. Stuff just annoys me so much that I'm like, I don't know. It's just a, it's a pet peeve thing for me, I guess, with Westworld. That and then she appears to be stronger than Maeve, and I'm like, I don't know. I just don't get that stuff.
1: I thought they explained that. So part of that was the the body. So when they her switched new her exoskeleton thingy, that's actually her original body so what with the with westworld they they show throughout the first two seasons the progression of the hosts and the originals like so teddy the ones that you saw in that war simulation that caleb went through all of the first generation hosts had their original body was an exoskeleton so it was like that there was no internal organs there were there were none none of that stuff it was just that metal frame that you saw her walking around with her head and one arm for half that. That's why
3: when she did kick, she actually leveled Maeve. And I was like,
1: yeah. And why, when the sword, it went into her arm, it didn't cut through the arm. It just got stuck in the metal. All right. And, and that's why she said we were made to last before they made us weak like them. And then as they, the hosts progressed, they tried to make them more human and more and more like us. And so they became They gave them internal organs and they gave them the ability to really be damaged by anything and everything whereas the original hosts internal stuff was almost indestructible
3: i stand corrected.
1: you know
0: madsen that's not the part that bothered me the part that actually bothered me from that scene that you're talking about on the the boardwalk was just a couple scenes ago she like broke through these chains didn't even skip a beat just like stood up and just snapped these chains and in that scene there's two just normal sized police officers like almost dragging her to the ground and then like the next scene after that she throws Maeve through a fucking car so I'm like can we have some consistency like how strong is she is she stronger than chains or is she weaker than two regular police officers like where's where's her strength it'd be really hard to put that on you know like a bell curve you know
1: you're so not invited to season four
0: (laughs) <laughs> With any luck, it just gets canceled.
3: I think that's
2: been his goal. Yeah. That's
3: I guess my final initial thoughts so I just I like left it just not if I, I gotta be honest, I was I'm just not feeling very passionate about what's moving forward. It just kind of seemed like, all right, you knew Charlotte Dolores was gonna go rogue. And I guess she decided to f everything up, f the whole world. Maybe is her plan or whatever. But I'm just it. I don't know. Like I, I wanted, which is
0: way different from Dolores' original plan. Like right? points for creativity there.
3: Yeah, super. Different. And I don't. I just don't feel. I didn't feel like I wanted there to be like a great ending and l- wanting me leaving more. But to me, I'm just like, okay. Like season four is coming. There's still. So much we do know, so much we don't know. Caleb just seems like a regular dude that is just lame, and yet he's supposed to be (laughs) the leader. But he, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's just how I feel. I don't have a lot of words. It was just kind of like,
0: eh. Like, are you the leader of a revolution when everyone who follows you is paid? He's a wimp. I don't think that counts. Like, I could just hire a bunch of actors and be like... The revolution and I would literally have the same kind of moral authority that he does. So Especially know. when
2: you just pay them more and they'll shoot their buddies. Like yeah. and
3: negotiating.
2: Take Dolores' strategy. Use it against her. <laughs> I think
3: another thing that bothered me still, how why is it so easy to be, to break into insight? What like what there's only there's so there's five guys and then they're in the basement and they're they're about to shut this down. If they have so much money and they know they're coming, put up an army in front of the building. Like, come on, that just doesn't make the, sense r- to
2: me. The police was dude, mm-hmm. whatever. More he's he, I was more more frustrated that he could just waltz into a police like chopper. And it and takes him right there. Takes him right there. Whoop. That was my biggest beef with the FS episode.
0: But. No, no, it was it. That was predated by someone saying, "That's your ride," and so that's how that works. <laughs>
2: Oh, thanks for explaining it. Huh? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Got it. Got it. That's not a problem in, in
3: Insight doesn't know that they're coming and they can't do something. I'm just like, dude, this all predictive machine Rehoboam just started to be like this little like three-year-old that you have to change. It's it's freaking di- probably a two-year-old changes diaper and like it's, can't do anything. Like <laughs> <stupid.
1: laughs> let's let JJ has it. Let me let, let me let me be the voice
0: of reason.
2: Yeah, here let's take this point help.
0: by point, JJ.
1: I don't want to go point by point, but I want to point out one major thing. And that is that Dolores had used the system and the knowledge that she gained to the level that she knew she was going to be captured. She knew Rehoboam was going to plug his, his, itself into her so that she could use that being plugged in to then give Caleb complete control of Rehoboam. If she know, if she has that kind of foresight and has the ability to read this machine and its predictions to that level I think she can send a fucking police helicopter that'll take his ass to Insight. Just saying.
3: Rehoboam was controlling the world, and then all of a sudden, one Delos machine all, all of a sudden trumps all the algorithm and everything that was built into this and is more powerful than this computer. That's what annoys me. Like, know, where did she learn um, all? Like, and it just surprises me because Rehoboam supposed to be this super intelligent machine, but by the end of it, it's like, it's just like a USB port. But we forget, we, <laughs> but we keep, the one thing that we keep
1: forgetting about Rehoboam is it's only as smart as the data that it has, and it has no data on her. It has no real data on who she is. That's why it wants the data from the key that she has and from all the, in, the, Delos data because that will give them him the ability, Rehoboam, the ability to predict everything within the world. Right now, he's got a blind spot when it comes to Dolores, which is why she's able to outsmart him in almost every situation, which is why she's every version of Dolores is able to outsmart him in every situation because it's only as good as the data that it has, and it has no data.
3: But was it her. building data up for, like I don't know how long the time period of the show was, like a couple of weeks, a few, like a month maybe? Well,
1: she was out in the world for three months, but she was using a different name. She was using different data. So at best, it thinks that her original name of Laura, I think it was, it has three months worth of data on that person, but it doesn't have any of the data that, you know, that. Because she doesn't, I guarantee she doesn't have like social media accounts and shit that say, "Hey, I'm Dolores," which is where it got all of its information. <laughs> She's like
3: live streaming all, but this. they couldn't connect those two people together. And then now I'm just getting now I'm just going straight up petty. But that that's just it. Just it just seems like Rehoboth just became. And you make good points, JJ. That it's only as smart as the data it has. But I thought it would have been able to piece together and infer maybe from Siroc saying, "Hey, I've made some connections. Run these projections. Let's see what could potentially happen. Let's be more prepared." didn't seem like that happened but to your credit i mean there was that blind spot so
1: well and i get what you're saying there too but we'll, you know what we learned was is that Sirak was only doing what everything the machine told it to do he had no free will whatsoever to the point that his conversations were dictated by Rehoboam. so i don't think he would have been able to fill any kind of data and it goes back to previous episodes where we talked about you know he goes in full of confidence and then he fucks it up But that's because it's the machine that's doing it, not him. He's not even trying to use what's happening in front of him as, you know, using any intelligence that he's gaining in the moment because all he relies on is this machine to tell him what to do. You can even see he loses his shit at the end of the episode because he's just wanting it to tell him what to do after he when he's laying there on the ground and he's like asking it to come back and talk to him. He's having a mental breakdown because he doesn't know how to be himself anymore.
3: He's not JJ. dead, right? We're assuming I don't it didn't seem like he died.
1: Seemed like he was alive, but you never know because we've already seen the the kickstart of the new humanity, right? With the at least in the post credit scene where it's all the dusty world and
2: Yeah. I got a question for you, JJ. What was yeah. with Charlotte like taking over Dolores and I'm assuming she was the one that kind of like shut her down there when she got captured, or like what was that all about?
1: Yeah, so I, that was a question that I even asked. I looked at Casey and i "Now, how the fuck did she pull that off? So I'm not sure. The all, I, Yeah, I have actually no answer to that question whatsoever. That was one that left me very confused. I mean, it's obvious that she got into Delos, got back into Delos, and she was doing some – she got her way into some places. So if my assumption is, and this is all assumption and speculation – because I don't know. And I'm actually okay not knowing how that happened because I'm assuming they're going to probably stir back and show how she's got control of a lot of things. But uh, somehow my assumption is she went to Delos and just like Serac had a button that at one point could shut down Maeve, you know, now she had a, something that was allowing her to get in. And they were all linked through that earpiece thing that she had with the, the guy she was talking to, uh, whatever her assistant was. So, it may be somehow she triggered that. But to be honest, I have no idea. That one was. Speaking of Mae,
3: that was rather convenient that she figured out how to fry that controller uh, in the most opportune time.
1: Oh, yeah. That's Maeve. She adapts and gets better. I was happy to see Maeve back, man. That was my Maeve. I loved it. She was bitchy, she was ornery. Saying darling every 30 seconds, it made me happy. That was my Maeve. I've missed her for the last couple of episodes, letting somebody control her. That's some bullshit. Maeve never lets that happen. So I was happy to see she was back on point. And I laughed. When the lights went out, I was like, oh, you guys are so fucked.
2: <laughs> that was a cool visual. Yeah. With the, uh, the the machine guns going machine off. guns going off and the flashes of light. You can kind of see her striking each of them. That was kind of cool
0: there was a scene that I kind of missed that went over my head was the Bernard with the old dementia lady. What, what happened there? What was that?
1: That was um, Arnold's wife. So, Oh, that's why she calls him Arnold. Correct. Uh, That was, that was Arnold's wife. And so, and my, so that one was a little interesting to me as well, but I think part of the reason that it helped me a lot because Bernard this season has questioned everything that he's been doing, and he's kind of been that way throughout because his keystone memory going back to first season was his kid, Charlie, and that his kid's death, right? Because that was Arnold's keystone. That was what caused Arnold to really lean into Dolores and helping these hosts become human, or at least as human as they can be was the death of his son it really rattled him. So when they recreated Arnold they gave him that keystone and he always carried that weight like he talked to his wife about how Charlie's always there. He always carried the weight of it being his fault and how he disappeared and he didn't do anything for his family. So it kind of held him back and I really enjoyed the the flip of at the end he was willing to even put stubs in a bathtub and go, sorry, dude, you're fucked until I can have time to fix you up because I have to do this. And he actually made a concrete decision to go, I'm done. So that conversation with Arnold's wife and realizing that it's okay to be sad and to dwell on those things, but you got to keep moving forward. You got to make those decisions. I was really happy to see. I think you'll see, hopefully, I hope that you'll see based on what they showed us with Bernard and then the Post-credit scene, that determined look on his face when he wakes up, comes out of the the great beyond. I really think that you'll see a much more decisive and forward-thinking Bernard than we have even back in the first two seasons, because he's he's got that that crutch of his son holding him back is gone, and he knows what to do with it, thanks to his wife or Arnold's wife. But yeah, that's Arnold's wife.
3: So. Based on the post-credit scenes and everything, it's, it certainly seems like Charlotte Dolores is building a bunch of hosts that they want to supersede humanity. And the original, because I, I said a, a long time ago, that's one of the things I questioned that Dolores wanted to do. Clearly, the real Dolores didn't want to do this. She just wanted to break down insight and the, the change on humanity. But now, it seems like hosts versus humanity.
2: Yeah, she's building Skynet, man.
3: Yeah exactly basically yeah good point point, Ian. <laughs> pretty We've much right. the rest
2: of the story like we know how this one goes. <laughs>
3: uh, just
1: throw it sprinkle in a
3: little time travel and we got it
2: yep and connor's father back in
3: time so i want to i mean our, our resident westworld jj i want to like is i'm assuming dolores is probably coming back next season and Maeve probably is i feel like Rehoboam's going to if Serac is still alive, maybe they're going to try and reboot that. I mean, what are your speculatory things for season four and beyond?
1: Um, speculatory. I definitely <laughs> <laughs> just made up a word.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. Um, I really, I think, obviously, Maeve. I don't know about Caleb because we don't know how far in the future. Obviously, it's not that far because William's still alive and looking halfway decent. I mean old but he's not looking any older than he was at the end of this season so i'm assuming like a couple of 3 or 4 years maybe it looked but it looked like the desolation of human race based on Rehoboam's prediction was like 150 years from that, that then so i don't know maybe it was just those couple of of you know mass deaths and maybe everything's changed but i think you'll see the man in black in his new form with charlotte being the real problem there's still a version of Dolores out there with shoot what's his name Lawrence's the old Lawrence character that get that helped Bernard at the end there or early in the episode so there's at least one kind of original Dolores alive so that may be transferred I would imagine that they're going to transfer that into a body that looks like Dolores at some point because I I just have a hard time believing they're going to get rid of Evan Rachel Wood she's the face of Westworld pretty much so I don't see that happening But Maeve, I will definitely be back, probably in some sort of helping out Caleb role, if I had to guess. I have a hard time believing because we didn't see Serac die. In my opinion, if you don't see them die in this show, they're not dead yet. So Even if you do see them die, they're not dead (laughs) yet. (laughs) I was just about to say, and half the time, even when they do die, they're not quite dead. Um so I would wouldn't be surprised if maybe there was a Sirach there somewhere as like a one episode
3: nod or something. Well, I like feel that. like Solomon's gonna come back and play because Solomon that computer system is not destroyed. And if that was the brainchild of Rehoboam, so I feel like maybe that has something to do with the future seasons.
1: It very well could. It wouldn't surprise me if if and if not Solomon, then they also talked about other iterations. Of Rehoboam besides Solomon, which very well could be in warehouses similar to the one Solomon was in. And it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, they something that they could do just off the top of my head is have some faction of humanity has found a one of these machines and has used it to help them in whatever way they might use it. Right. So that I could that could be an interesting storyline, and off the top of my head is they find one and Use it for nasty benefits or good things, maybe. I don't know. But I think there's a lot of open things there.
2: JJ, you forgot in your speculations, you forgot one of the most important characters. What, is Stubbs coming back? Fuck, he better. Because <laughs> <laughs> they kind of just left him in a bathtub full of ice, and that was the end of Stubbs. I like how
3: you put ice in there. It's been like four years. Like, didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just love, like, he sits
1: him in there and throws him in the the bottle of booze and it's just like fucking, it was such a funny scene. And his next to last, his next to last line is "fuck you, Bernard." <laughs> and then he leans out of the tub, trying to see what Bernard's looking at. And he's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I love stubs. They better bring him back.
2: He already survived shooting himself in the head, right? So
3: yeah. Worst thing is
1: you find him rotted in a
3: bathtub. That'd be interesting too. Well, I think your problem, JJ, is I don't. Westworld is probably going to be pushed back even further due to COVID nineteen because maybe they are maybe they were gonna film this year maybe i mean who knows i wonder if it'll Nah,
1: it's always a two-year process with them at least it has been the last three years so the three episodes there's always been two years in between or year and a half i think the last one was a year and a half but it's always more than a year usually they don't start filming a show like that until about six or seven months before release a lot of pre-production for a show like that because of the, the storylines things like that my guess is and the the best part about it is is the two writers, the two main writers of the show, creators of the show are married. So they're probably holed up in the same damn house trying to figure out what's next. I did not
0: know that. Yeah, probably Jonathan just and loading plot points into a shotgun and just like pulling a trigger and just seeing what lands.
1: Yeah, they're they're thinking about going, how can we infuriate Javier Ortiz any more than we already have? It sounds like how they made
3: Jurassic Park.
0: <laughs> I'm not infuriated. Okay. Wow. <laughs> First of all, Jurassic Park was based off of a
3: wonderful Michael Crichton book. Save it, save it for our special. Yeah, podcast. our request. You Fuck. bottle all that hate in for us. <laughs>
0: oh, you guys keep just jabbing and jabbing. You know, one of these days I'm gonna blow my top. Oh, that that didn't happen. <laughs> already <laughs> just you wait guys when we record jurassic park i'm gonna have to put my mic like six feet away because i will be yelling the entire time
3: oh shit we're gonna have to get that one on camera
1: yeah when we're done recording that one i'll have to tell you what joe told me specifically to make sure i did so it'll be fun
0: <laughs> oh. i'm dude
1: i'm already prepping dude you got
3: guests of the show against you
1: yeah No, it was funny. He's actually the first thing that he said. So I can't tell you. Okay. I have, and this is so off topic, but I don't care. I've gotten so many, so many of my friends have called me like, man, Javier and you can really get going. And I was like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And they're like, sometimes he's annoying. And I. (laughs) And I start laughing. And I was like, I was like, yeah, but so am I. And then, like, so Joe calls me and he's different. So we're talking. Fuck yourself, Joe. No, no, no. See, now you're going to feel bad when I say this. Joe calls me and we're talking about it. And Joe goes, Javier is my
0: guy. Oh, never mind. So sorry, Joe. You're my (laughs) guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I fucking love Javier. I I didn't mean that, boo.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Shit was great. Yeah, he yeah, he th- he thought it was great. He loves our battles. I was told him I was like, "Wait till Monday, dude. Wait till Monday."
3: <laughs> oh yeah, you did you tell him about the Tomorrow's podcast
1: yeah. that's coming out? I mean, I didn't tell him what happens, but I said, "If you like the if you like the battles, tune in on Monday." He goes, "Oh, I will be." He was like, "I'm just salty that I'm I'm caught up." And he's like, "I need more content."
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, but anyway, Westworld I am tickled about season four. I love the way this ended. I loved the post-credit scene. I was telling Ian when we first got in this thing, I was like, the post-credit scene was so damn good that I just can't wait. And it it was so good because it tied almost directly into the season two post-credit scene. So I'm really starting to see storyline for the man in black that i'm excited for because they could be trying to part of season four maybe someone trying to bring back a version of the man in black that's not the shitty version that we saw at the end of the post-credit season scene because they were doing a continuity test on him at the end of season two in a very sand covered delos park so i'm really tickled about what might happen with that too but i loved it i really enjoyed it so those are my final thoughts what do you guys want to contribute as far as final thoughts at the end of the season
0: my final thoughts are they could have ended this season four episodes ago and i would have the same emotional buy-in that i do right now so if you're looking for like a tv show that's like worth watching and pays dividends literally watch anything else (laughs) oh shit
1: and on to someone with an important opinion (laughs) i'm just kidding
3: (laughs) 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 i'll i'll go next mattson here i mean i definitely i mean i'm on on javier's side for certain parts of the show without a doubt i'm more interested in in season four because i can get behind someone creating an army of delos hosts robots whatever you want to call it and have a mission against humanity this season just kind of annoyed me because i didn't I just didn't really care for what Dolores was trying to do, um, her mission and everything. But I'm, I'm excited about Charlotte Dolores and trying to destroy humanity. And maybe Bernard's going to pony up and grow some balls and do something about it. Um, I'm pumped about the man in black being in his best. We're not some wimp in a straight jacket, uh, that can't do anything, but back to black and ready to kill. Uh, Those things excite me more so than what season three presented where I think they were kind of twiddling their thumbs and had some loose ends that they created that weren't necessarily strong plot points like the Man of Black's character throughout that I think there's more to come that I'm excited about than what season three actually gave me. Cool. Ian?
2: I thought it was interesting that in episode or like the first season, it's all about do these machines have... like free will, can they make choices? And by the end of this episode, or the this season, it kind of came down to, well, does humanity have like free will, like they talked a lot about all these data points in and do is there do you really have a choice if you can like predict your actions. And so I think it's kind of interesting that it started out with something that was like a little easier to grasp. And then by the end, it's kind of reflecting back on itself. So that's my final thoughts.
1: I like that. That's a good point, Ian. That's was deep. I can get behind that.
0: Yeah. I like that a lot, actually. See, you know, Mattson Ian... Ian one of these days, I'm going to get you guys to agree with me 100%. And you're not going to have to <laughs> give this little caveat
3: of that. You kind of agree with certain parts of what I said. Hey, but we've, we've had episodes where I have with, like, Warrior. I was I was in 100% agreeance there. I love that movie. Oh, that's, that's true. Okay, th- that one's for you, you Ian. had
2: episodes where you really didn't disagree, or where you really didn't agree. <laughs> what? I don't even know what you're talking about.
3: That, that makes no sense. Also, I'm not even going to try with J.J., we will have those without a doubt, but I think I think to Ian's point, like Westworld, like I I just didn't allow myself to get as deep as maybe I would with like movies or something. I think part of Westworld, I just didn't want to go as deep because it was exhaustive to me, and I wanted it to just be a little bit more straightforward and just get to the the violence and the action that I wanted to see. Where sometimes it's a little bit more cerebral than I'm looking for in a show.
1: That's fair, and that, you know, and that's and you guys know this about me. That's one of the things that I lean into this show about and kind of like what Ian was talking about i love the dynamic because you can watch this show well i can watch this show from episode one of the first season to what we just finished now and literally see all of the through lines and the twists and turns of all the different character development throughout each and i'm i won't lie i think i said this early on in this podcast of this season i caleb was not my favorite character the first few episodes we saw him but I, at the end of it, and part of that is I'm not a huge Aaron Paul fan, so it, the actor detracted some of the character from me. But I, by the end of this episode, I was really a fan of how his self-realization of he went through. I'm in this shitty place of life, and then all of a sudden he's thrust into this situation that he thinks is random and happenstance that isn't, and he's making all these crazy choices and falling to Loris. And then at the very end, he realizes I made good choices in the past regardless of this machine and I can continue to make choices that are my own at the end. So even his progression I was like I really enjoy that level and and I get it it's it's not an easy show to watch and go this is fun it's you have to really commit to the exhausting mind bending crazy shit like i know the season's over but i'll still watch probably before i go to no i'm really tired so i'll probably go to right to bed but tomorrow i will watch this episode that we just watched at least once or twice more just to catch the little things because that i just enjoy the little nuances and the little that i love that exhausting it's the only show that i really get behind that i go that deep on but i do love that part of this show
0: i will agree with you jj that the show's not fun and I would rather castrate myself with a dull, rusty spoon before watching season one through three again. So we can agree on that. Anyway, Ian, what were you going to say? No, no, Pretty sure I said nothing in that realm whatsoever.
1: <laughs> Fucking hell. Ian, so you were so rudely cut off by the castration person over here. What were you going to say? It was worth it.
2: <laughs> uh. I, I feel like I'm just gonna collect Javier quotes in like a book or something like that. And then I won't have to come up with stuff. I can just like pull out a Javier quote and be like castrate myself with a dull rusty spoon. <laughs> oh just wait, man. I'm I'm in
1: the process of building a, a a proper episode that's just gonna be the best of Javier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but, Man, if people yep. if people thought I was annoying before, wait, wait till <laughs> they hear that. Uh,
2: it's all right. Uh, Joe will funny. like it. Um, because <laughs> Joe's I my boo. Ask, <laughs> is he though? <laughs> he, <laughs> he is, is now. Kim now. <laughs> uh, um, I was going to ask: Is there any? reason why the maze keeps popping up like i noticed in this episode they had like the maze with the man in the middle spray painted on the wall is that supposed to like trigger something is there or is that kind of just like a little easter egg
1: my guess is it's just an easter egg i did catch those um but they've been that way like you'd find them throughout all three seasons but i think in this season it was more of meant to be like a did you see it kind of thing
2: gotcha okay just yep.
1: curious cool well i think that's all we got to say about that but uh yeah uh mattson where can they find us
3: great question jj well you can find us wherever fine podcasts are found apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher or wherever you fancy a podcast Uh, Specifically for our TVs, you can search us at What's Our Verdict TV. For our movies, you can find us at What's Our Verdict Movies that we release every Monday morning. Socially, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at What's Our Verdict Podcasts. Please feel free to give us a follow on any of those social media channels and don't forget to subscribe to our uh, our podcasts that come out weekly as well as leave us a five-star review. We'd love to to get that from you so we can give you a shout out and if you want to suggest any movies feel free to slide into those dms or hit us up at our email at hosts at what's our and we'll definitely accommodate your requests and see if it's something that makes sense for us to review perfect thanks madson
1: all right ladies and gentlemen that was westworld season three episode eight the finale and uh that's all we have to say about it that's our verdict and we'll catch you on the next one thank god bye-bye now <laughs> cinemagic out